Are you glad you're here tonight? Would you say amen? Well, I'm glad you're here as well. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of the Psalms. I love the Psalms. Psalm 37 is where we'll turn, Psalm 37. I felt strongly that this is what the Lord has given me for this hour. As we read this Psalm, we recognize that it is addressing an age-old problem that has simply this, why do the righteous suffer? Why do the righteous suffer? And no doubt we could go around the room and talk to every family member, a representative of that family, and we all have something that we're going through or have just come out of or about to face. And I'm thankful again that the Lord Jesus Christ, who not only saves us, keeps us day by day, and we know that His grace is sufficient no matter what hour that we may face in our life. It could be that David, now an old man, is attempting his son, Solomon, for the days ahead when he sits on the throne. However, theologically, the foundation for this psalm actually points to the covenant that God had made with his children, Israel, as recorded in Leviticus chapter 22 and Deuteronomy chapter 27 through 30. As long as the children of Israel obeyed the Lord, the nation could live in the land, and the blessings of God would be upon them. However, if they disobey, then they would be chastened by the Lord. If the rebellion continued, God's chosen people would be taken out of the land and be carried away into captivity. And we know the rest of the story. We realize that the Lord Jesus Christ has saved us, keeps us day by day, and he desires that we will be faithful to him till he comes. We're reminded when he says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And yes, we can be as close to the Lord as we desire to be. God desires that we draw closer to him day by day. I need him in my life. You need him in your life. And I know it's preached from this pulpit that we would draw closer to the Lord not only to know his presence for our life, to give us power as well to live a life that others would see Christ in us, that we would all be used by the Lord and to surrender to that completely. I felt for many years that I could do more good by door-to-door witnessing and bus calling or encouraging the pastor and encouraging others and witnessing to others wherever we were. But we realize again that the Lord wants us to keep on coming, as we said this morning. And he desires that we give our life to him completely in total surrender to be used by him. Let's read this passage of scripture, Psalm 37, and ask God again just to speak to our hearts. I hope that you're there with me, Psalm 37. David's writing says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Notice these action words. Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit 
thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. May we read verse 7 together. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself and any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his precious word. As we read this passage of scripture, we realize that the key thought for this psalm is man and God's counsel for him. God wants us to listen to his word, to give us counsel. Notice what he says in verses 1 through 11, that the Lord can be trusted. We find in verses 12 through 20 that the Lord understands all of our situations, whatever it may be. He's not only omnipresent and omnipotent, but he's also omniscient. He knows exactly what you're going through. Verses 21 through 31, the Lord blesses his people. And verses 32 through 40, the Lord contrasts the righteous and the wicked. And so David then sums up this text with these three options for the righteous. Would we note them? Three options. The righteous could fret over their problems. Oftentimes we worry about things that never happen. Many times. And many times we think that it cannot be taken care of. But I want you to know nothing's impossible with God. And it matters not what you may be going through in your life. It matters not what you may face tomorrow. Keep in mind, God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he knows everything in between. The righteous could fret over the problems. Or the righteous could leave the land. Or thirdly, the righteous could continue to being faithful, trusting in the Lord, and keep his word. The Lord desires that we do just that, that we be faithful till he come. These believers had experienced the judgment of God, but they felt again that the wicked were prospering and that God wasn't doing anything about the wicked. Oftentimes we get our eyes on those who are in the world, and it seems and appears that they've got the Tiger by the tails, we'd say in West Virginia. That they have life in hand with a downhill swing and everything is going well with them. We realize again many times that their prospering is not really what we think. God knows. But you'll notice God's response in this passage of Scripture is he reminds all of them to trust, to delight, to commit. He challenges through the word of God, as David writes. And then he says simply, rest in the Lord. Can you say that with me? Rest in the Lord. I believe sincerely that it's something that we need to remind ourselves often in life, whatever that we may be going through, whatever you may be facing, whatever challenges that are before you. When you go to the hospital, the doctor, and get that bad report, and we're anxiously awaiting, and then it comes, and we're not sure how to respond. It's about resting 
in the Lord. The word rest or resting is found 290 times in the Bible. The book of Hebrews speaks of the creation rest, which refers to the Sabbath, to rest from labor. We have a day that's been set aside and given to us for rest, the day of rest instituted in the Garden of Paradise, we recall. Ceasing from work and from creation on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath was made for man, Genesis 2-2, as a day of rest for the body and a time of blessing to the soul. We're reminded again of this rest and as it points again to our realization that God is in charge of our life, not just on one day of the week, but every day of the week. As we think about this passage of Scripture, we're reminded as well about this rest. The Bible says, there remaineth a rest for the people of God. We could go around the room, no doubt, and we could take a, a, the prayer list as well and combine all of the prayer requests that people have that are part of the First Baptist Church of Hammond, just this church alone. And it would be overwhelming, no doubt, people that are going through things that maybe we don't even know anything about. And oftentimes we'll have people to turn in prayer requests at home or they'll just raise a hand as an unspoken prayer request. And sometimes things are going on in our life that are so private and so personal, we're not wanting to share it with others. Many times we're afraid, again, that somebody else will think different of us because we're struggling in our walk even with the Lord. But the Lord knows exactly where we are. And the Bible reminds us in this passage of Scripture just simply to rest in the Lord. I love reading the book of Revelation, preached from this sermon, this passage of Scripture, Revelation 14, verse 13, many times. And the Bible says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works and do follow them. Understand that word blessed in the word of God, it simply says happy. I can't possibly be, Pastor, that we would say happy are the dead. Uh, but I want you to know those who know Christ as their Savior, they're happy in the Lord, no question about it. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for all of eternity. And one day we're going to rest with the Lord. The Bible reminds us. And then he says that their works do follow them. When we think about rest, I promise you we could ask the question and we'd have a show of hands that all of us just need a little bit of rest. According to CDC, about 9% of Americans Adult Americans have feelings of hopelessness, despondency, guilt that leads to depression. And no doubt we see it every day in families as we knock on doors and as we visit in our community. Even in this hour, this evening. The Lord Jesus Christ reminds us in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. He speaks of a rest, an invitation for all of mankind to come unto him. And he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. 
The question for all of us in this room and for those that are listening by the way of live stream, the question would be, have we made that decision? Have we said yes to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have we trusted Him as our Savior that we're resting in Him? And thank the Lord that we could rest in salvation. Have we rested in the Lord in salvation? We'd say amen. Let me just hear that one time. We've rested in salvation. Would you say amen? amen? Oh, that sounds so good, doesn't it? And then the next question would be, have we, are we resting in the Lord in surrender? In surrendering to the Lord. I remember when we were kids, we'd play cowboys and Indians. I don't know that they still do that anymore, but we used to play cowboys and Indians. And ever, whenever we'd have them under the gun, we'd, we'd say, put your hands up. They're surrendering. You know, I believe as I see that picture just in my own mind, of that's what the Lord desires, is that we would just put our hands up and say, Lord, I surrender. I give it to you. Surrender to come after me. He says, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, as we spoke this morning. And the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to keep on coming to that place of surrender and sanctification, and then complete satisfaction that leads us to one day a place of perfect rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, you can rest in the Lord now. If you want to enjoy the blessings of the Lord now, I mean, in heaven, you might as well just start getting used to it now. Just bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Now, the Lord's just so good to us all. We owe Him all, do we not? Let's look at this passage of Scripture and this evening as we uh, turn here again to this text of Psalm 37, if you've lost your place. He speaks in verse number 7 about waiting patiently for Him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. We have assurances here of the promise of God. Notice verse 34 in this same passage of Scripture, verse 34, he says, Wait on the Lord and keep His way, and He shall exalt them to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. He reminds us in Psalm 27, verse 14, that we're to wait upon the Lord. In Psalm 130, in verse 5, the psalmist writes, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in His word do I hope. We're reminded in Isaiah chapter 40, the Bible says, But they that wait upon the Lord, and shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As a Christian, we recognize that we're always facing something in our life, and we never know what a new day is going to bring. But I want you to know we can claim the promise of God and just rest in Him knowing that God is able to meet every need that we possibly have in our life, whatever that it may be. As I look back over our life, Marsha and I celebrated the August the 11th, 50 years, 50 years. She's put up with me for 50 years. I believe there's going to be a lot of wives, Brother Moffat, that are going to get a special reward in heaven, don't you? No question about it. But when I think about the times that Things were going on that we just did not understand, even at the church. I remember after all those years of, of, of working in uh, the business and then going to the church and leaving the job and, and taking the church, 
the old devil showed up just as soon as we got there that first year. And you're thinking to yourself, what in the world is happening here? And I had a, a wolf that was just coming up against me. And it was unbelievable what went on during that period. And the old devil would come against us. See, you shouldn't have left your job. Oh, why did you do this? Why are you here? You would have been better off somewhere else. But I want you to know, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. It's about trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that faith, that we can rest in him, knowing that he doth all things well. It matters not what trials, what trouble, what tribulations that you may be in. It matters not what testings that you're facing. Know this, God is in charge of it all. And he can give us a rest, even in the midst of the storm. And praise God for it. But they that wait upon the Lord, he says... And so we see there's an assurance here of the promise of God as we simply wait, wait upon the Lord and knowing that God is able. Did you notice in verse number three, once again, in this text, the Bible says, trust in the Lord and do good. And so shalt thou dwell in the land and barely thou shalt be fed. Acceptance here of God's plan. Acceptance that God is in control of it all. And there's times, even though that we walk by faith, that we want to try to guide it a little bit ourselves. That we want to still hold on and push it a little bit. Have you ever found yourself trying to run ahead of God? May I share this little story? My wife, she'll remember this very well. Most of the time when we're in the car, then I'm driving. And she never says a word. Every now and then she'll say, whoops, whoops, what's the car up in front? You know, that kind of thing. Whoops, there's a red light. Whoops, did you know you just ran a red light? Those kind of things. Or whoops, there's a blue light behind you, you know, that kind of thing. But one day I had to drop my car off for maintenance, I believe it was. And she picked me up and she said, here, you can drive. And I said, no, no, you're fine. And so I get in the passenger side and sit in the front seat. You know, I, I wish I had one of those driver's ed cars, you know, where they've got brakes on, on this side too for the 16-year-old that's trying to learn how to drive. But I remember we were going down the old bypass in Beckley, and uh, a car, I could see this car was swerving and coming across the center line toward, toward us, and... So immediately, without any, without any thought whatsoever, I reached over and grabbed the steering wheel to try to turn it to the right. My wife is just the sweetest lady that you have ever met in your entire life. I don't know that she's ever said an unkind word even to a dog that was ready to bite her. But that day, She said, she didn't even call me Odell, for those of you that were at the retreat. She looked at me um, in a moment, and she said, Buster, I'm driving. Yes, ma'am. Why did you do that? It was just a reaction. I just did it. Oh, I'm driving. I would never do that to you. And so we drive on. And certainly I apologize that I would never do that again. But then again, I may. But I thought of that 
that we all want to be in control of our life. And could it be that the Lord is saying to us, the passage from Psalm 37 to David, just rest in the Lord. I understand where you've been. I understand what's going to take place. But just rest in the Lord. And could it be the Lord saying, Buster, just trust me. I'm in charge. And the Lord is in charge. And the Lord, again, wants us to take our hand off of the wheel of our life. The Lord wants us to just trust him completely, knowing that he doth all things well. And again, he does. And so we see in this passage of Scripture, look at it in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. And so we begin with assurance of the promise of God when he says just wait patiently. But in this acceptance here in verse number 7, Psalm 84 verse 12 said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Psalm 125 verse 1, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. And in the middle verse of Psalm 118 verse 8, we find it is better to trust in the Lord that to put confidence in man. Our world is upside down. We have no idea what's going to take place here in America over the next few months with this political uh, cycle that we're in. It's just sickening, really. But understand, it doesn't matter who's the president of the United States. God is the one who's in charge. Oh, I believe that we ought to do our citizen obligation and vote, and vote for principles, not for politics. I'm sorry, Pastor, I didn't, I'm not coming to campaign, but I understand that we have an obligation. But regardless of that, who's in office, and regardless even if the one that we vote for is in office, that doesn't mean that we're going to turn it upside down for spiritual means and all. But God's in charge, and our trust again is in Him. So it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And Job said it right, though he slay me, I will trust him. Are you going through difficult days? Are there some uncertainties in your life? Have you found some things that are upside down with the home, with the children, at work, whatever the case may be? It's just simply trust in the Lord. The Bible reminds us in Matthew chapter 6, Verse 31 to 32. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or whether withal shall we be clothed, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. When Marcia and I got married 50 years ago this past August, we claimed a verse, two verses actually, but this verse from Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The Lord Jesus Christ is in charge of it all. The question that we can ask is, how's your attitude? Someone said to me a long time ago that your attitude determines your altitude. There's something to be said with that. But I'm not talking about some PMA, positive mental attitude. I'm, I'm talking about your attitude of trusting Christ your faith, knowing that God doth all things well, that you're trusting Him. Quit fretting and let God have control. 
On that day, I, I wanted control of the steering wheel to take, make sure that there was not an accident. And could God be telling us, just take your hands off the wheel. Let me lead you and guide you. Let me take charge of all that's going on in your life. Cast in all of your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Not only does God want to lead us, may I say, he wants to guide us into all truth. I know people who can brighten up a room just by leaving it, truthfully. And I know there are always the naysayers. There's always those who look on the bad side, the downside. What if, what if, what if? And many times we do those things. And Marsha and I over the years and many couples in this room, no doubt, uh, then we, we look at the bad and we look at the good and how is this all going to turn out when we're trying to make decisions, but ultimately we're giving it to the Lord and trusting God. We can look at the positives and we can look at the negatives. There's no question about it. And so as I read this psalm to rest in the Lord, he says to trust in him completely. We find here the assurances of his promises. And he's not failed at one. And then the acceptance of God's plan for your life. I look back over the years and I just see so many wonderful blessings that God led us around and to give us blessings rather than taking our course that we wanted to run ourselves. Our Freddie, again, oftentimes for no reason. Lastly, would you notice in this passage of Scripture in verse number 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. We talk about things in life. We all have appetite for things. And the flesh many times are, is crying out, but the appetite should be for the presence of God in our life. And thus he says again, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You can't outgive God. Would you say amen? amen. <laughs> the world doesn't understand that principle, but you just can't outgive God. Amen. And knowing that we can delight the abundant blessings, the apostle Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The apostle Paul wanted to know the Lord better. And God blessed him. Oh, may we just pray to the Lord that I may know him in the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. American Psychologists Association, Dr. Robert Pearl, says there's no denying it. Americans are stressed. The majority of Americans report unhealthy stress levels, and in one in five people quadrant qualify their, or quantify their, their stress level as extremely high. What perhaps is even more worrisome is that 37% of Americans feel they are able to adequately manage their stress. Several recent studies show that stress and its associated symptoms is widespread and costly. Most commonly, stress originates from work, financial pressures, family responsibilities, 
relationships, and personal health concerns. Ironically, stress negatively impacts the aspects of the person's life that causes it in the first place. Studies show that positive and negative moods influence physical health and longevity independently. Mounting evidence demonstrates that happiness, pleasure, joy, optimism, excitement, and sense of humor each have positive biological and psychological effects. So fighting stress is important. Eliminating negativity is important. But another very important key to better health is finding happiness. I said all of that to say that. They're looking, they're trying, but there's no way to find complete happiness apart from God. Would you agree? When we're talking about happiness, does that mean we're always happy, 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 happy? No. Does that mean everything's always going well? No. But that does mean that we have a peace that passeth all understanding that the world cannot understand. Psychologists cannot understand all of the reports that they're talking about. How that you find happiness is not found in this world's means. It's found from this precious book. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have this life. I want you to have it, he says, and that you may have it more abundantly. And so we realize again that it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ and from the spirit that lives within us. A highlight of this, very happy people, it says, live four to ten years longer than unhappy individuals. I think I'm going to be happy. How about you? Happy, happy? But we ought to be happy in the Lord. Oh, the bills are mounting, preacher. You don't understand. The car needs repaired. The car needs replaced. The children are rebellious, and we're in trouble with our marriage, and there's so many things that are going on. We have no place else to turn. Yes, we do. It's to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's able. Do you agree? He is able to give us that peace. He is able to guide us into all truths, and knowing that God desires to give us the desire of our heart as we surrender to him and completely. Oh, there's so much more that we could say. Adrian Rogers had a quote several years ago. This is worth writing down. When the stock market goes down, our blood pressure goes up. That's where we are in America. Keep this in mind that the ignorant fret because they don't know enough. The educated fret because they know too much. The poor fret because they don't have any money. The rich fret because they're afraid that they're going to lose their money. The old fret because they're facing death. The young fret because they're facing life. <laughs> and the list goes on. It's always, that's life. But it's about trusting the Lord. And the God says, fret not. Fret not. Where is our appetite? Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate both day and night. It's about giving ourselves completely to the Lord Jesus Christ. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Assurance of the promises of God, acceptance of the plan of God in verse 3, appetite for the presence of God in verse 4, 
and approaching the person of God in verse 5 when he says, commit thy way unto the Lord. What does that mean? It means casting all of your care upon me, for he careth for you. Upon him. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee, and he shall suffer the righteous to be moved. It's about resting in the Lord. There are so many things that come to my mind in this passage of Scripture. But I believe this is after salvation. The greatest decision that you could ever make is, is salvation, no question. And we all know that. But to live a life that God would want us to live and to die to self, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. And the Lord desires that we would just die out to self and that we would just rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Let's stand, would you please? Pastor's coming. And may God help us. If you're in this room today and you have some trial, some trouble or tribulation, we encourage you to find your place. Someone will pray with you. If you're here tonight and you do not know Christ as your Savior, let me encourage you to, to come. Pastor will extend the invitation as he sees led by the Lord as we pray together in just a moment.